Everybody and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 55th episode of the podcast for the week of June 3rd, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic, and this week I'm so happy to welcome Grammy-nominated musician and my dear astro friend, Viviana Guzman. I could just say her name all day long, <laughs> to join me on the podcast in a discussion on Norwac 2019, a recap. So we're going to recap our experience uh, that we shared together. So now before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access to the podcast for as little as $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Also, if you'd like to make a one-time donation to this podcast to help support it and keep it up afloat, uh, you can also do so via my tip jar that you can find on the front page of my website over at energeticprinciples.com. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady is now beginning her waxing cycle as we kick off the week with a new moon in Gemini that basically happened while we slept here in North America. She will then move into her watery domicile of Cancer on Tuesday and where she will hang out for uh, the middle of the week until moving into the heart-centered fires of Leo midday on Thursday. We will ride the creative flames until she moves into the practical and health-conscious earth of Virgo Saturday midday, and where she will remain throughout the weekend, making her first quarter position late Sunday night. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, at about eight hours, and if you are in Australia or the East, at about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another in the skies, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate, so it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. All right, my friends. Well, you know, we have some shifts taking place this week. We have Mercury shifting into the waters of Cancer and connecting with electric Uranus. And then Venus makes her own shift and is taking Mercury's previous position by moving herself into Gemini. We also have a first quarter moon in Virgo that coincides with the sun meeting Chiron, spiritual Neptune, and growth-oriented or oriented <laughs> Jupiter. Uh, so there's a lot going on in the skies this week. Um, so let's not waste any time and dive right in. 
On Monday, we start out the week with a new moon in Gemini. And after she makes that conjunction to the sun around 3 a.m. here on Pacific time, she's going to square Neptune and then oppose Jupiter. And so let's talk about real quick about this new moon at uh, 1234 Gemini. I love it. It's like one, two, three, four. I feel like things are starting. You know, whenever you see one, two, 1234 on a clock, it's usually a sign like get moving. Um, so really, as most of us sleep, slept here in North America, we experience that new moon conjunction Um, and in the space of our dreams, which I actually find quite powerful as I named this particular lunation, the inner alchemist. And really in our dreams, we do a lot of personal alchemy as we try on scenarios and work through inner emotions. Um, And so much of that happens in the dream world. But aside from that, we are getting a fresh start within the power of the mind. For much of what we think, which more often than not tangos tangos with our beliefs and our emotions is what really dictates our perception of reality. So I consider this an alchemical time as Mercury represents the power of the magician. And as this is a transitional, um, otherwise known as a mutable uh, new beginning that we're seeding here, there is real power behind creating shifts in our lives. Uh, For something shifting mentally actually can be just the ticket to help get us to where we need to go. So to find out more about this new moon, the alchemical magic of Mercury, and my personal hawk encounter that aligns with this energy, you can check out my new moon article over on my astro blog at energeticprinciples.com. You can also sign up to be on my mailing list there too if you would just like it to come to your inbox. Um, And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can also sign up for my Moon Animal Monthly subscription, which is $3 a month and comes out with the new moon. Um, And the June issue was just released. So, you know, take good stock of your mental patterns at this time and see where you can work your magic. All right. So the bottom line for Monday is, is that life may feel as if it is caught within a paradox as the activity of the week begins, yet we are still in the quieter energy of the seeding new moon. Luna activates our spiritual daydreams with a square to Neptune and has us emotionally entertaining the possibilities that lie before us. And this would be a great day to tune out, to tune in, as we push off towards the direction of our next Jupiter square Neptune saga, because that is really what's going on this week and actually the next couple weeks. And so how we feel today may very well set up the tone for the illumination that will continue to come as the week progresses, particularly as Mercury sits at the 29th degree of Gemini and is testing us on what we've learned over the past few weeks. All right, so Tuesday. Tuesday we have the moon in Gemini, uh, but she will move to Cancer around 9 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast, so rather early. But along the way, she'll conjoin Mercury and then make a sextile to Uranus. And so of significance on Tuesday, uh, we have Mercury who will be entering into Cancer. And so shortly after we have this new moon in Gemini, which of course we're looking, if Gemini, we're looking to Mercury, what's Mercury doing there? Um, You know, the messenger basically moves out of his sign of domicile and into the watery domain of the crab. And so here the mercurial function takes a significant turn as we leave the versatile rational air sign of Gemini 
Gemini and submerge our minds into the impressionable and emotional influence of cancer. Now, on the plus side, imagination will increase tenfold, yet the mind will become more subjective and sentimental about whatever it is we encounter. And depending on your emotional state or the emotions of the moment as, you know, Luna cruises through the zodiac is how we will experience this placement. And so communications and inner dialogue can get a bit moody from time to time uh, during this transit, yet within this space, our imaginations can birth many babies, making this a fertile time for artistic and creative work. So the bottom line for Tuesday is, is that we are feeling a shift as both Luna and Mercury move into Cancer, yet they meet at the 29th degree of Gemini before doing so. And so if you wake up with an idea or an understanding, it would be wise to jot it down before it departs from your consciousness. Now, our mental faculties may become submerged as Mercury enters the zero degrees threshold of Cancer, um, and this day may feel as dreamy as the last. And so sensitivities may start to arrive on the mental sphere, yet rather than rue over whatever comes up, just hold space for it and just let it pass, you know, whatever passes through, pass through. Uh, because Friday's Mercury-Uranus sextile is also getting lit up within this moon configuration. So there may be some opportunities for breakthrough if we are receptive to what comes in. All right, so Wednesday. Wednesday, the moon is just cruising through Cancer. And along the way, she will conjoin Mars. She will try Neptune, oppose Saturn, and then oppose Pluto. And so we don't have any aspects perfecting on Wednesday. So the bottom line is that we start out the day with more pep in our step uh, than the beginning of the week because now Luna has made a conjunction to Mars and Cancer, and we are feeling, uh, you know, the that go get them, that Mars can bring. And so we have the energy and drive to attend to business, yet there are likely to still be emotionally subjective considerations on the mind. I mean, the moon is in Cancer, and all these planets are in Cancer after all. Uh, But later in the day, a trying to Neptune kind of brings that spiritual dream world back into scope, while an opposition to both Saturn and Pluto shows where we will need to tighten things up and make changes to our approach. And we do have Mars that is about to oppose Saturn and Pluto here in the in the coming days, not this week, but coming soon. So just keep an eye out for Wednesday because there could be some flavor around what that particular opposition will look like um, as it comes around. Word to the wise. All right, so Thursday. Thursday, we have the moon in Cancer, and she will move into Leo about midday here on the Pacific Coast. And along the way, she'll make a sextile to Venus and a square to Uranus. Uh, and so, like Wednesday, we don't have any aspects perfecting exactly. So the bottom line for Thursday is, is here we have a two-part day where we awake still swimming in those waters of Cancer um, and and early morning sextile to Venus uh, might actually put us in a nice, you know, in a good mood to start the day. And so water is going to give way to fire when Luna moves into the heart-centered realm of Leo around midday, and where there may be some drama on the scene as she approaches a square to Uranus in Taurus uh, much later in the evening. Um, So just FYI, if there's a little disruption or restlessness um, or wanting to shake things up a bit. But really, you know, the moon is in Leo. So if you follow your heart and shake things up a bit, it may be 
just what is needed to bring in the zest of life and get that blood pumping again. All right, so Friday, we have the moon in Leo, and she will sextile the sun and make a trine to Jupiter. Also on Friday, we have Mercury making a sextile to Uranus. Uh, So let's talk about that first. So Mercury, Mercury is that function uh, of, you know, information, communication, uh, how we perceive things, how we learn things, uh, what news comes in, transactions, uh, things along those lines, very mental type of energy. And so uh, it is meeting Uranus in a sextile. And sextiles always open the door to something and create an opportunity. Uh, But we have to take, you know, we have to use our own volition in order to grab a hold of whatever is open to us. And so what is this door opening to? Uh, Well, who knows? It's Uranus. (laughs) But really, you know, Uranus is about uh, shaking things up a bit and awakening something or liberating or turning around energy in a way uh, that is can sometimes be a lightning bolt out of the blue or we we get a surprise or something comes in that's not expected. So it's sometimes hard to say what Uranus will bring. but really, uh, you know, a few days have passed and our, our pal Mercury has, you know, settled into the waters of cancer. It's getting situated enough. Um, and as it does so, there is this Uranian influence that is coming up to open avenues for innovation and mental awakening. And so I love this aspect in the sense that as we build off the new moon in Gemini energy, we get a f- shot of fresh ideas while also getting a revitalized look at our mental faculties and the emotional dialogues we can let go of to foster solid mental health. Because keep in mind, Mercury is now in Cancer, so it does take on that emotional tinge. Um, Now, if you do get an aha moment uh, today, definitely write that down and follow up with it, or better yet, meditate on it, uh, as I have a feeling that the universe is giving us uh, breadcrumbs to follow at this time. But like we said with the sextile, unless you follow up on it, you know, it's not going to happen on its own. So there may be also some news that comes out of the blue that helps to, uh, you know, maybe process along or bring in new considerations our way. Uh, So really stay flexible with whatever comes up at this time and let your spidey senses lead the way. So the bottom line for Friday is, is that Friday brings us some welcome surprises, some conscious delights, and a day of the heart uh, in a way that we are really connecting with it that can bring growth and understanding our way. Because Luna activates the upcoming Sun-Jupiter opposition, and we are getting a bird's eye view into our growing story and the good things that life has to offer. And if your heart lights up today, uh, you know, this might be the time to say yes to things, for we are becoming more in alignment as inspiration, ambition, and enthusiasm capture our attention in a way that would be hard to ignore. So I'm looking at Friday as uh, quite a possible, uh, a, a positive and eye-opening day. Now, on Saturday, the moon is in Leo, and she will move to Virgo about mid-afternoon here on the Pacific coast. And along the way, she will square Venus and then make a trine to Uranus uh, super late in the day. 
Um, and so Saturday, we actually have Venus moving into Gemini. Um, and I will say, I don't think I said earlier with Mercury, uh, that Mercury actually is going to be in uh, Cancer until June 26th. So just FYI with, with Mercury. We've got a couple of weeks of Mercury there. Um, now, Venus entering Gemini, uh, she will be there until July 3rd, right before Independence Day here in the U.S. And so really our gal Venus is leaving that cushy comfort of her domicile Taurus and then is entering into the fast-paced domain of Gemini. And so where our lady of relationships and attraction and creative containers gets a dose of Mercury's changeability, these areas of life become a little less stable and more flexible in their approach. And so the social aspect of air is highlighted, uh, and Venus is very social herself. So communications and relations are going to be stimulated at this time, and our social lives get uh, a bit of a boost. So, you know, say goodbye to the sleepy indulgence of Our Lady in Taurus and say hello to many short-lived parties that are just waiting to be started. All right, so the bottom line for Saturday is that here we have another two-part day as the first half is still spent in the romance of Leo, yet our feathers may get a little ruffled midday when Luna makes a square to a 29-degree Venus in Taurus, who is about to make her own transition into Gemini. So uh, either, you know, if the the, uh, feathers aren't ruffled, we might actually be just feeling a little bit lazy today. Um, And so here we encounter more of um, shifting energies because obviously Venus is moving signs and so is the moon during the day. And so we, you know, where we may feel comfortable or quite comfortable in our own skin as we start out the day, then we're going to switch into a place that is a little bit more restless and possibly critical uh, because both are moving into Mercury, Mercury ruled signs. And so Luna makes an earth trine to Uranus later in the evening, suggesting that we can shake even the most practical and stable parts of us up in a way that helps bring in some new energy and uh, forward steps in our continuing evolution. Maybe try a restaurant you've never been to or an activity that brings a freshness of experience your way, for you may find it to be quite healing. All right, so Sunday, Sunday fun day is action day because we have a first quarter moon in Virgo. Uh, That happens about 11 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So it is later in the day, but we are feeling that energy brewing. And really along the way, uh, Luna is going to sextile Mercury, sextile Mars, oppose Neptune, uh, square the moon as our first quarter, trying Saturn, and then square Jupiter. So Luna is doing all types of things today. And not only is she doing things, but the sun, her counterpart, is doing things as well. Because we have the sun uh, making a sextile to Chiron, a square to Neptune, and then also opposing Jupiter. And so, yeah, all the activity might be centered for later in the week, but really because these are sun transits, we are feeling it all throughout the week and maybe at the beginning of next week as well. So let's break down these sun transits. Well, you know, whenever the sun comes up, we are illumined to something. You know, there's a, a vital life force that comes in that can bring awareness and will help us turn the page in some, some way, some way that gets us closer to uh, our own sense of unique purpose. Um, and And so uh, 
uh, the sun will meet Chiron in a sextile. So we already know that sextiles open a door to something. We have an opportunity. And Chiron, as the quote-unquote wounded healer, usually brings forth some uh, maybe triggers um, or healing opportunities where we feel our pain in a way that can hopefully break us through to the wisdom that lies beyond it. Um, And then... So we have that influence. We have the Neptune influence with the square. And squares always bring us some sort of challenge, an event, some action, um, and there's some friction there. And so that solar awareness is pairing with Neptune, which Neptune is that spiritual inspiration um, that we can, you know, feel through our own idealized perceptions. Um, And it removes boundaries in many ways and can either bring situations of maybe confusion or where something dissolves from our life. Um, That is quite possible. But it can also bring uh, times when we need to have more compassion in our lives or what it is that we encounter. And so it definitely has a spiritual energy to it. Now, place that with uh, Jupiter, who is making the opposition to the sun, or rather the sun is doing that to Jupiter. Uh, And so Jupiter is going to, you know, oppositions. We are looking at uh, making choices or decisions or where we're confronted with energies that come together in, uh, you know, kind of eyeing each other from across the room type of situation. Um, And usually they can bring up relating dynamics with oppositions. And so, you know, whenever Jupiter is touched, we're expanding our world and somehow, and we're growing and movement is happening. So now I'm going to put all these two, two, three together um, because I ain't got that much time. (laughs) So now I will preface the fact that Mercury just hit this spot uh, a little over a week ago. Um, And so we've already got a mental kind of hit around maybe what these configurations might look like. So you might want to go back and kind of see what was on your mind about Wednesday and Thursday of uh, last week. Um, and keep in mind that Venus is going to make its way over. Uh, she's going to dance over this point, too, at some point in time here uh, in the future. Um, now, okay. So basically, now that the sun comes around to imitate that path that Mercury just traversed, much of what came to the forefront just a week or so prior now gets that shot of solar awareness. And so the sun is helping to spotlight opportunities for healing, where we begin to understand our triggers and are able to tap into newfound wisdom around our individual direction. And so we are also uh, aware of where we have maybe been turning a blind eye or have been dancing in a space of limbo or idealism or, you know, only in the dream world and not in the real world, or maybe even possibly confused about, uh, you know, what is coming next. But now we get a good look at all that, while Neptune creates a spiritual friction that can't be ignored. And Jupiter confronts us with the fact that we have to grow and move into new territory. So we can consider this time as a spiritual and philosophical growth spurt. And we are moving forward with an energy that asks that we close down some chapters and prepare to start others. And navigating these shifts from a, a state of flexible awareness will be the key to success. Now, like I said, Venus is also going to dance over this point shortly, which will continue the opening process and where we will be able to attract more into this story. Yet for now, we bask in the illumination of the sun and let this consciousness lead the way. 
So the bottom line for Sunday is, is that the sun square to Neptune in the opposition to Jupiter gets activated by our first quarter moon in Virgo. And really, I see this day as a pivotal one um, and really the days surrounding it in, in the saga that is 2019. Um, and so many different energies permeate the day as we practically navigate whatever comes our way while also being hyper aware of that which we encounter. Because keep in mind, the moon is in Virgo. And so we can now purify, problem solve, and get down to the specifics of what is most needed. Um, you know, where are what is most needed for our where to place our attention at this time. Um, and also, we may be able to plan out more of the specifics. And so we are planting more seeds of change, and we have the ability to see the practical, the spiritual, the big, and the small all at the same time, uh, which is an opportunity that doesn't come around all that often. So to wrap it all up here, uh, as we push off the new moon in Gemini, we are going through an alchemical process that is shifting our lives in significant ways. Spirit challenges us to have faith as we move into the future, and aligning the mind with the heart will be key to our forward evolution. All right, so now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little extra something something to what it is I'm talking about here. And this week I drew the Page of Pentacles as the focus and the Ace of Cups as the grounding. And so with the Page of Pentacles as the focus, this card is bringing us to the start of something, an opportunity for a new endeavor that is based on the world of our dreams. And so I find these two cards together, uh, you know, play so perfectly into the gift that this week's configurations can bring us. And so we are at this apprentice stage where we plant our feet firmly on the ground and say, this is my goal and I am willing to work for it. Uh, And yeah, it will take time, patience, and possibly the cultivation of new skills to help get us there. But it's a promising start nonetheless. So take your dreams and your enthusiasms and help plant them into the earth so that they may grow, for we have a potent energy underway that is here to help stimulate the process of manifestation. Now, with the Ace of Cups as the grounding, whatever we are starting out here is rooted deep within our emotional needs and the direction of spirit. And so by following our dreams and taking practical action on them, we stand at the precipice of true emotional fulfillment. And so both of these cards really signify fresh starts. So consider this time a portal to the manifestation of your heart's desire. For if you lead from a place of love, you can do no wrong. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the elephant. Our dear sweet beast here is reinforcing everything I just talked about, yet sends the powerful message that there is nothing to fear as we step forward into our heart's desires, because we have the ability to overcome any obstacles that stand before us. And so a lot of times we shy away from our desires because of fear that we can't have what we want or that we aren't good enough or talented enough or rich enough and basically an overall resistance that comes from an egoic place that thinks it is protecting us but is rather keeping us from our destiny. And so find a peace of mind in the fact that resolve awaits us. And whatever we set out to do at this time, even if met with obstacles along the path, will work itself out just fine. 
Now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how that would interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. And so you can be uh, just starting out in tarot. You can be a seasoned professional. It doesn't matter. You can use oracle cards. That doesn't matter as well. Uh, you can draw things from a hat. I don't care how you do it. <laughs> but basically, I have uh, created spreads where I tackle a topic each week and create purple purposeful card placements uh, that allow you to get in touch with this astrological energy, but in a way that is more visual um, and, you know, you can put your imagination into it. And so last week we worked on my highest potential, and this week we will be working on cultivating unconditional love. So if you want to find out more, you can check out a freebie spread on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome this week's guest and my roommate over the weekend at Norwalk here. We have Viviana Guzman. Eso. Eso. Muy bien. Gracias. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Vivi and, I, Viv and I had so much fun this weekend at Norwalk, so we're just going to share a little bit of our experience here for our guest segment this week. And I'm so excited that I got it to even share my time with her because she approached me about sharing a room with her um, at Norwalk, and she's a listener of the podcast and we just come together and we have enough synastry in our charts that everything worked really well. Beautifully. Yes, beautifully. So before we even talk about our experience, uh, Viviana, will you tell people a little bit about yourself? My name is Viviana, and I am a flutist. By career, I've traveled and performed in 127 countries. I have a Grammy nomination, one of my albums, my classical album. I studied at Juilliard, but now I do, I'm a multi-genre, multi-instrumentalist, actually. And I did a TEDx talk where I spoke, uh, TEDx Berkeley, where I spoke right before Steve Wozniak. I am a flutist. And my passion is traveling around the world, playing at the sacred sites of the world. Mm. And astrology. Yeah, and, and, okay, with the cherry on top and astrology. <laughs> Which I, you know, it's, it is so much fun being with her because she literally is so welcoming to whatever is around her. And we've had so many great conversations and met people and we're able to like have dinner with people that I would probably have never, you know, uh, because I'd just be in my own like Cancerian little shell over there. And she was like, oh, you're by yourself. Come over. Yeah. And everyone we encountered that was from a different country, somehow she's managed to know like a million languages to make people feel so welcome. And Well, I find that as I travel around the planet, I like to learn to say hello, how are you, goodbye. And then in this country, since it's such a melting pot of all nationalities, it's just a perfect way to uh, jump into someone's room. They just accept you as soon as you speak in their language astrology or other yeah <laughs> you know no it, it was great it was a great feeling to watch because you'd see the pe- person's face light up That's the second do, you would yeah. you greet them because in their they're own not language. used to other another person knowing their language right you know? so i know how to say the basics in about 35 languages yeah 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 so it was impressive to say the least <laughs> but uh, 
<laughs> so we had we had an interesting start to our adventure at Norwalk because I got off the plane. Uh, my plane was about 35 minutes late. It was like everything was kind of running a little bit behind schedule. And so I met up with Viviana at the at the conference hotel. Well, and we magically appeared at exactly the same time. Yes. When you were entering, I was looking for you and bam, and we didn't even time it. Yeah. No, Amazing. we, we kind of have this, once again, synchronicity. the synchronicity with the charts. When you have similar placements, especially with yeah, rising, so I much feel a lot jibes. of times, yeah. yeah, you'll show up at the same time, especially as Capricorn moons, because it's all about time, time. right? <laughs> <laughs> Even our laugh right now. <laughs> um, so, Viviana, what did you tell me when I arrived? I had made a, gr- a horrible error. I had booked, a, who knew, that there were two double tree Hiltons at the airport in Seattle. I mean, I didn't know. I, I, anyway, and I booked the wrong hotel, so I just felt terribly. We had to, anyway, and then, yes. Yeah, but so, you worked it out. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I was going to, it was my error, and I made sure that, you know, we were all, we were going to be taken care of and everything. So we had the first night in the other double tree. Then we migrated over to this double, the correct one. We had a double, double, <laughs> double, double. <laughs> trouble. Yeah. And even in this hotel, we migrated from one room to then another one that was suited us better. So it was, it's been a journey and Mel has been just wonderful along, along the whole way because some people could have gotten flustered or no, she just went with the flow right with me. And so it's just been a a fabulous weekend with you. Absolutely. I considered it an adventure because we were like literally just, it it was a lot of fun actually. So I, I enjoyed it and I thought it was because I had a similar experience at UAC where I had to stay in a com- uh, hotel that was not part of the conference due to uh, a technicality that happened beforehand. And so <laughs> to me, I showed up when she told me that. I just laughed in my in, inside because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, of course. Um, and But it was a lot of fun. And we got to see places. We got to have a little bit of adventure there. And basically, we've kind of stuck with each other for most of the conference. You know, you get a conference buddy. Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, and so we've done that. So, but now we're going to share some of our experience of like, I mean, what would you say was your highlight of, of Norwalk? Oh, my. There were too many. Too many. Too many. I mean, st- we started off with uh, Kelly Surtees and her opening talk, which I thought was perfect. Oh, it was amazing. It was moving. It was entertaining. It was personal. It was transformative. It was, it was beautiful. I was just, and then from then on, everything. I feel like everything I went to was, was just as enlightening and 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 moving for me. So it's just been a, 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 a fabulous. I, I don't. I'm going to keep saying magical, but it was magical. <laughs> it is what it is. And we are recording this at the time that the moon in Pisces is conjunct Neptune. Neptune. So everything right. is magical it right is, now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and why? We're all tired after the we're uh, we're on the Monday conference day, and she's in a workshop right now, and this is her. Birthday. And so we're sneaking in a little interview here, yeah. um, but it is a bit of a dreamy day as we come down from um, from the conference. Yeah. But I totally agree with you about Kelly's opening. Kelly Surtees had the most wonderful opening um, yeah. keynote lecture. And if you, and I'm pretty sure it'll be available. Uh, so the talks that we talk about here or what we experience, they will be available through uh, Norwalk where you can buy the lecture recording, which, I mean, there were so many fabulous lecture, lectures here. Uh, I highly recommend that. You know, if you're mm-hmm. not able to be here, you know, get the materials and, and listen elsewhere. But it was so, like, I was crying in her opening yeah. uh, keynote because yeah. she was touching on some personal things in her life, but she was tying it into the Cancer Capricorn access, mm-hmm. access 
um, and kind of where we are at now with ca- uh, cancer being the uh, basically the first sign of the uh, uh, the original chart of the world and that Cardinal. birth, you know, mm-hmm. that creation where Capricorn is more of the winter and the falling away and, you know, things dying. And so we have this uh, dichotomy between the dying and the falling away, but then also this uh, creative birth. birth like energy. And even Lynn Bell, um, who closed Clue with concluded. the keynote. Yeah referenced Kelly Sertes as well in her lecture yeah. um, and took us through many different avenues as well. Uh, I, I, I spe- Lynn Bell's closer, I, what I, my takeaway, my, what I loved was her, the, when she coined eco-mysticism mm. and how that might become something, you know, coming up for us in the, in, in the, in the world, I yeah, don't know. I just would gravitated towards that, but it was also an uh, uplifting uh, ceremony. It turned into a ceremony at the end. It did, you know, it did, and uh, you know, we were all taking part in this uh, collective, you know, very eleventh house uh, energy here. And what was nice about her talk, and uh, even bringing in, like the eco mysticism and, and stuff, because she tied it into the Cancer Capricorn axis well as well, and kind of progressed um, the transits through. Uh, I think it was twenty twenty five, and she was. So we were looking at outer planets and and what was going to go on here. And so she asked us to raise our hands, you know, who kind of feels, you know, that things are dying and there's a sense of doom, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot Mm -hmm. of us raised our hand. And she's like, who feels hope? Hope. And even more of us raised our hand. And she's like, who feels both? Yeah. And I mean, that's where I'm at here. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a general consensus. And even in the astrology world, we're acknowledging that, you know, many aspects of our our world and our systems and, uh, you know, the power structures are dying with these upcoming, you know, outer planet conjunctions. But there's still that that cancer birth, right? The thing yeah. that's on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the keynotes were for were fantastic. Yeah. I think yeah, um, absolutely. But I, I just had I mean, everybody, everybody's uh, every lecture that I've stepped into, I it really spoke to me. So every uh, Frank Clifford, um, he, I went to all of his actually, and I'm now in his uh, workshop as well. I had never experienced Frank, and so this was lovely to get to know him all, you know, this weekend. And he's coming to San Francisco actually oh. in the beginning of June, so I'll be attending that his lecture then as well. Oh, so, how cool! So yeah. if any of you are in the Bay Area, Frank yeah. Clifford is coming uh, to SFAS or uh, and I'm not sure. Google it. <laughs> uh, Yes, he's so funny. He's from he's oh, from England. Yeah, he did the super funny uh, keynote, keynote banquet after yeah. the banquet the evening. He was hilarious. Yes, super fun. It was a lot of fun, and so those are always fun lectures to be in because everybody's having a good laugh about you know these placements and the and you know because that's the thing about conferences is we're come here come here to speak our special language with others. Absolutely. That's what I I feel like at home. I don't have as many, I don't have hardly any astro friends. And I get to come here and I feel like these are my people. <laughs> or I feel a sense, uh, I can speak the way I think normally, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And and so that's just so refreshing for yeah. me. And then the the connections and the, the insights that we get into our charts and others and how to serve, a, uh, be more have more tools for the people that we might be 
reading for in the future sort yeah. of thing. So it's, it's just a wonderful place. Which was actually funny because I came in here with that, that you know, that's my goal, obviously, to help my, my consultations further. But I found that everything that I ended up encountering and even going with the flow to choose my the lectures that I was going to see because what I chose before wasn't necessarily what I ended up seeing yeah. because I just had to go where I felt pulled. And every single lecture tapped into more of my own uh, moment in this this moment in my t- my life, and it was more about me and understanding myself through this process, which was not even the, the, agenda. the goal or the agenda. <laughs> yeah, and and I I, don't, I feel like I'm not alone with that. I feel like a lot of people were, you know, they came to help the toolbox, but really they helped their their soul box. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, let's see. Where? What, what else did you go to what that else? you found most moving? Well, I really enjoyed Sam Reynolds' talk on um, entering entering the forties, ah. or you know, navigating the forties, um, because I turned forty here in July, and so you know. <laughs> knowledge is power. Um, and uh, I resonated with a lot of what he was saying because he was uh, he was um, tapping into, uh, he's done talks before on what the 20s are like, what the 30s are like, and now this was his, uh, um, you know, attack on the 40s, not attack, but you know what I mean? Because now he's in his 50s, so he feels like he can talk about it. And he's like, yeah. I don't feel like I can talk about it until I've lived it, which is right. a very wise valid. move yeah. and valid. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it really helped me understand where I'm at now and what I'm to look forward the for. The map. The, or exactly. the weather forecast. Um, both of those things. Yeah. And it gave me a lot of perspective. And even I even ended up weeping at the end because some things really touched you know, deep in, you know, where, where things are heading and just understanding my life and its trajectory and what's next. Um, so I found that really rewarding personally. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It was, <laughs> it was very nice. It's very nice. But then there were other sides of things where, um, uh, Viviana wasn't in this lecture with me, but I was, uh, at, Georgia Stathis's lecture. She was doing derivative houses. Where I was there. Were you we there? Didn't see, that's the one we didn't see each other in. But I was on the other side. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so what happened in that? <laughs> this is this is my speaks to my uh, ascendant Uranus conjunction because wild things always happen to me. Something <gasps> unexpected. Something you know. Um, so we are in the lecture, and and if you don't know what derivative houses are, it's a great tool where you turn the chart, and so you can kind of turn the chart within your own chart to look at different aspects of your life. So I'm not going to go into too much here, but if you're out there and you're wondering how to look at maybe you know aspects of the relationship in your life or maybe your your relationships to siblings. You just turn the chart. Derivative houses. Go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but so we're there and uh, I must have done some quick uh, keyboard shortcut or something on my iPad and out of nowhere uh, doo-wop Christmas music <laughs> started blasting through the room and the room just erupted in laughter and uh, it w- I was so embarrassed. My cancer self was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And you didn't know how to turn it off I was because having, you didn't yep. know how it turned on. <laughs> exactly. It created quite a stir. <laughs> but, but everyone was laughing and it actually turned out perfect. I found out after the fact that the, the uh, message. The, well, I know the <laughs> message actually for Viviana that came through, um, but uh, 
Georgia was trying to kind of move the dialogue along. We got stuck in this kind of back and forth of a question. So it was like this uh, celestial interruption uh, that came in to kind of, you know, break it up and move things along. So that was incredibly embarrassing. Yes, leave it to the Iranian (laughs) to to have that something like that happen. So that was pretty funny. Um, So that's that end. (laughs) (laughs) So what I mean, what else did we see here? What what else kind of uh, spoke? Um, I know we. Chris Brennan always speaks to me. That's for sure. (laughs) Yes, I had a good uh, talk with him on on uh, sect. He was looking at the day and night, and I went to his uh, reception as a mitigating factor. Yes, and yeah. I went to the other one. With yeah. it, so yeah. we we switched yeah. there. Um, but his partner uh, Lisa Scheim had a ah, really great talk. Super. Yes, she talked on what finding joy, joy and, and meaning, meaning in your chart because we tend to sometimes often overlook uh, the the trines or the places of of ease, and it's good to actually focus on them, you know, and really make them stand out. She pointed out how. Often we remember the difficult things, the Capricornian tendencies, or the, you know, the structures that the where were the blockages, and mm-hmm. and we we tend to overlook, you know, the places of ease, right? Yeah. Yeah, or even like the good things, because you said, well, she used a great example. She was like, oh, I had a client, they they inherited money and a house. House. But to them. But the house was too small. Was too small. It wasn't big big enough. It wasn't that it was too small, it wasn't big enough. Uh, And so, you know, and we tend to do that in our everyday lives, right? We downplay, you know, seemingly, maybe not like huge things that are great, but these little sources of joy and meaning in our life that get downplayed. Yeah. Right. No, we do need to, I, it was a great reminder for me uh, to really focus on the positive uh, things and really um, acknowledge them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and breathe them in uh, for what they are and, and, and see their beauty in their light yeah. rather than downplay it or it's not big enough. Like, um, for example, I was in our midnight chat as we did. Yeah, lots of midnight chats here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got a Grammy nomination and in the time. I, I literally was pissed that I didn't get a Grammy and I got only a Grammy nomination. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of thing that actually I'm very thankful for the Grammy nomination um, and I need to focus more on that. And yeah. Yeah. So just put things into perspective, really, yeah. because sometimes we can get carried away with ourselves, especially if we're a little bit over ambitious, which I know us Capricorn moons can definitely be yes. so. You know, we yes. can look at, you know, if it wasn't if it wasn't the award, then it's nothing. Right? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Oh, so many contests. I if I didn't win, like absolutely number one, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. That's that's some or in school, if I didn't make an A or A plus, I felt like a failure. Yeah. I mean, what is that? What is that? Well, we are a little bit hard on ourselves. It's true. It is true. Um, so that was a really great talk, and she was mostly focusing on uh, uh, Venus and Jupiter, of course. And depending on if you have a day chart or a night chart, you know what benefic. If you're born at night, we're going to look at Venus. If you're yeah. born during the day, we're going to look at Jupiter. Um, and that's about the joys more so. But now, if you're looking for the meaning, we're going to look more at the luminaries and the sun uh, for the day chart and the moon for the night chart. Um, And she had some fantastic examples because she did a case study um, where she asked, uh, you know, did a poll to have people submit their what 
how they find joy and meaning in their life. And she got through about a, social media. Through yeah, through social media. Facebook probably or something. Yeah, and she got about 100 replies. And so she had a nice, uh, you know, group to work with. Of course, she kept saying, she's like, there was a lot of ninth house planets, you know, going on. So she had to weed it out because obviously people like us are into these ninth house, you know, higher mm. education, mm. spiritual type of things. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, it was fabulous. And uh, so I highly recommend if you're going to purchase the talk to maybe look at that one because uh, she she confessed herself that one of the hardest, why she even had the talk is because mm-hmm. like Viviana and myself, you yeah. know, she wanted to remind herself right, to, right, to right. look at these nicer As things. As is often the case, you know. Yeah. We study what, what we need <laughs> yeah. and then we share what we've learned. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or need to remind ourselves. And yeah. so that was super fun. Um, well, that was great. And so what So what else did we see here? Uh, hmm, we're, we're flipping through our books now. <laughs> we are flipping through our books. I really like... Cassandra. Oh, yes, Cassandra. We both were at Cassandra's. Cassandra Tyndall from yeah. Australia, from Brisbane, um, who you might, uh, if you haven't heard over at the... She has a podcast going with um, Kelly, Kelly Surtees uh, and uh, Alicia... I can't think of her right name right now. Alicia. S. Shusha. I'm not going to butcher it, but it's called The Water Trio. So if you want to check them out, um, but... Cassandra. Cassandra was focusing on Neptune. Neptune, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> what can we say about that? We don't remember. It was all fake. <laughs> it's all foggy. It's all foggy yeah, now. Mist. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but she had some great chart examples. She was looking. She loves metal music, yeah. so she pulled out some charts Guitar. of like uh, James Hetfield from uh, Metallica, and then the uh, the lead singer, I think, Slip of Slipknot. But she was look, which is wise to look at musicians' charts when we're looking at Neptune. There's going right? to be a lot of Neptune there. Yeah, probably. I've got Neptune in the first. Yes, <laughs> yes. And here we are talking to this, <laughs> this prolific musician right here. Um, that kind of I like because Viviana floats through the world. Literally, uh, she just floats through, and she's always uh, you know, in water, in swimming through the world. Because I learned to swim before I learned to walk. Yes. So I'm more comfortable in the water. I know. And I was born on the water. You were. I live in the water, and I work on the water. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, and Viviana has a actually a tremendous story, the background story, when she's like, I learned to swim before I learned to walk. Oh, right, right. You know? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. give a little background, a quick synopsis. Okay, quick. I was born with dislocated hips, congenital bilateral hip dislocation, which... Uh, in, in a small town in Concepcion, Chile. And the doctors there said, oh, this is an extreme case. She's never going to walk. My parents uprooted themselves. And with $2,000, two suitcases and two, do- two daughters, they left their friends, their family, their work, everything, their world, just to bring me to the Bay Area where, and checked me into Stanford Hospital where I underwent 11 major hip surgeries. I grew up in a body cast from my armpits down to my legs from age zero to 11 in and out of them. And so that's where I learned to swim before I learned to walk because I literally could not walk until after age 11. And even then I've had uh, two total hip replacements and I call call my years in my cast, my cocoon years, very Scorpio rising, of course. And and that's where I, I, I grew my wings. And now, and because I was so limited in my body cast, 
I think that now that's why I just want to travel and see the world on my ninth 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 house con- uh, stellium there. <laughs> yeah, she's got she's got some things going on in, yeah. in Cancer in the ninth house, which of course is why we're together because it's contacting my son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so her story is just amazing, really. Um, and then how much you really have like blossomed and butterflied into this magnificent thing. And even when you see her, she's like a force uh, coming through Aww. the room. You know, she's <laughs> colorful. She's she's colorful, but dark at the same time, which is very... It's, scorpionic. It's very scorpionic, but it's also, uh, you know, because we have Leo at the top of the chart. So yeah. even though we have that intensity of the Scorpio and there can be that darker, you know, the public and the... Leo's very bright. It's colorful. Mm-hmm. So it has a little bit of both. So mm-hmm. you're like a perfect embodiment of mm-hmm. like that synthesis of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it seemed rather appropriate that you would go to the Neptune lecture having Neptune in the first, right? I had right? to. I had no <laughs> choice on that. <laughs> yeah. And she did a lovely job. I mean, I thought it was, uh, she gave a lot of um, positive placements on Neptune as well as, as the ones that are more difficult. And it, I just learned a lot. You know, yeah, and her her whole thing was she named it uh, "waving not drowning" originally, yeah. um, but then she changed it last minute to standing, uh, standing not, not falling. falling. Yeah, uh, because with the Neptune transit, you know, you can you can fall. You can eat. There's things you don't know what's going on. There could be a helplessness, or confusion, drowning, or s- substance abuse within. Um, you know, just what is what is falling away and and just disintegrating the, and the confusion around it too because. Neptune can be hard to see through, and that's why it's one of the outer planets. Is that's actually one of the most trickiest to work with, especially by transit, because you're you're like, what the hell is going on? Can't see anything clearly. Yeah, mm. and so she had fantastic examples. But even myself, I had went through some Neptune transits or a couple years ago, where it was conjunct my South Node, squaring my Mars, opposing my Saturn. You can like, put that together. <laughs> um, but just the just that key word of standing, not falling, because it takes. It's, it can be very easy to fall with, with Neptune transits particularly, but it's navigating that and accepting it and surrendering it to it so you can find the spiritual side of it to then mm-hmm. be able to continue to stand. That's the key. That's the key I found in my life. I, fe- I feel that uh, finding the spiritual component, uh, incorporating a daily practice of uh, meditation or journaling, all these things are the antidote if you're feeling that you're going to... Fall. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, ah. So that was a very rewarding lecture, too, you know, mm-hmm. tapping into my own things there. And I just love Cassandra. And Oh, uh, she's so lovely. And she's coming to San Diego? Yes, she is coming to the San Diego Astrological Society for our meeting in June. She's going to be doing a lecture on the secondary progressed Venus in the chart. And then she's also going to be doing a workshop the following day on perfections, which is a fantastic timing technique tool that is very easy. But it's so easy in its simplicity, but it's so profound in its execution. So um, if you are in San Diego or in Southern California, I highly recommend uh, checking her out. Um, So she will be there then. But uh, Cassandra was wonderful. Um, I went to a lecture that you didn't. What did you uh, see? That was Laura Nalbandian. Oh, she's yes. The, she's, the one, the crea- she's the one who runs Norwalk. Yes. And she is a force. She was phenomenal, actually. Her, 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 the lecture that I went to, I went to both of hers, actually. Signatures of Karmic Emotional Trauma, The Moon and Uranus. Mm. I thought was super duper um, having, um, we both have those aspects, right? 
<laughs> we have our, our things. Our, yes. Our, yeah. 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 <laughs> Mom is the word. No. Uh, yeah, we're, when we're talking, okay, so you're never going to get two Capricorn moons to talk about emotional trauma on it. On it. <laughs> well, maybe not. Not not. Sporadically in the moment, um, but I found that interesting because there are a lot of Uranian connections with with trauma, she, yeah, and, and Aquarius as well. Um, that that sign can be uh, signified with that that kind of traumatic experience um, for whatever that means for people. So, Uranus, oh, well, she put it in. Uh, she put it as a slide. A Uranus in the fourth house could be a signature. Moon in Aquarius. Hard aspects from Uranus to the moon. Ruler of the fourth in Aquarius or the eleventh house. Aquarius on the fourth. I can go on and on. Anyway, so yeah. all this uh, uh, Uranian lunar fourth house. Oh yes. Different variations of those patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to go to that talk, but this is the thing with these conferences. There's they, so much at the same time. You back them up with like <laughs> everything you want to see all at once. And you're like, if you could, you know, uh, clone yourself to be in several rooms, you would. But that's where the the, the gift or the, the greatness of the have, ordering the tapes online. Yeah. You know, you can then go back and, and, and purchase what you missed. Yes, absolutely. Norwak.net. That will will get you there. Um, I really liked, uh, on the last day, it was kind of a a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, with with, uh, uh, the sixth house with Twilight as My Guide by Sean Nygaard. Ah. Um, And then I went to uh, Jason Hawley's talk on the Descent of Dark Beauty, the eighth house and arrows. Wow. Wow. <laughs> powerful. So powerful. It really speaks to so her. So powerful. Scorpio, yeah. Yeah. He's and so deep. And he really moving. is. Moving. And literally moving constantly. Like he yeah, is. Yeah. People are like, Gemini on Gemini, steroids. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't know if he has any Gemini because I know he's a Cancer rising, Libra sun, and a Scorpio moon. But, so yeah. th- that could bring some intensity there. Um, but he is just... He's a force. Uh Oh, my God. He's amazing. He's done keynotes in the past. This is my third Norwalk, and I've, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so we started that particular uh, lecture with we all stood up and sang a song. And that was lovely because it kind of brought us all together in harmony, Mm -hmm. and we were all in the same space. It was very moving. Yeah. But I loved how scorpionic he had the lyrics to the song song that we sang in what he said, blood red, yeah. right? Yeah, he had scrawled it with his pen on his computer and in red, and yeah. so it did look like this, you know, blood on the wall type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and then at the end of it, because some of the material he was sharing was uh, very strong in nature um, emotionally, and so he could feel the vibration of the room, basically, of us feeling the, uh, uh, the trauma of, of the the story that he was sharing and the chart that he was sharing. And so um, uh, he, at the end, he was like, let's stand back up and let's sing the song again. And it was such a powerful way to, to end close it. it. Yeah. yeah. It brought it back to how we started. And then in the end, we, it brought us back to harmony, you yeah. know? So, uh, literally. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was actually the nice thing about the closing ceremonies as well, because how we closed it out, because even... Um, uh, 
Lynn Bell, as she wrapped up her last keynote before we closed out, she had a stand up, and we all said, um, "Oh, we said Ra, ra Ma Da." So Ra, the sun; Ma, the moon; Da, the earth. And I don't know if you've ever uh, uh, shared vocally in a group where everyone is either singing or chanting. It's it's it makes powerful. us all rena- resonate. Uh, I feel that we're all resonating bodies, and when we uh, sing all in the same pitch, it, even if it's just one pitch, it's it's uh, it almost like uh, it just lifts the energy of the whole room. You can just feel it going up, mm-hmm. you know, and it's uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty magical. And then to top it all off, like the last thing we did is they had us all go around the perimeter of the super large banquet room, and we all held hands in a circle, um, and they led us through kind of a little bit of a— uh, not really a visualization. Meditation. Just, guided meditation. It, it was just like a quick it's moment. a ceremony. Yeah. ceremony. Yeah, a little bit of a ceremony. Um, and that was super powerful as well. I could just feel the energy of the room and then just looking at these, you know, there had to have been like, what, two, three hundred people in the room, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are all together in this chain. Mm. And... What a way to end it. Like, I thought that was magnificent, too. Yeah. The sense of community. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. I know. We're, we're, we're literally flabbergasted at the end of it now because yeah. this is the last day I'm about to fly home as we record this. Viviana's yeah. in her last uh, workshop. Most moments, yeah. Savoring every moment. I mean, it's just been a sheer pleasure. If you haven't been to an astrology conference, I urge you to go. I mean, just go because it's it's really, really wonderful. We tend to be so isolated with, what, with our practice often mm-hmm. and just meeting like-minded people and learning learning from each other, and it's just, I find it incredibly rewarding. It and I is. can't wait for the next Norwalk. I know. She's like, yeah. this morning, she's like, it's over already? Yeah. Um, and it goes really fast because it's like, I mean, there's a flurry of activity, of course, because from, you know, the first thing in the morning till how late in the night, you know, there's these lecture offerings and these in-betweens to go eat. And so before you know it, the, the day is done and, like, your head is full of information. Um, and that's the thing. is like, that's why these conferences are so valuable too because when you're listening to these speakers, you don't know what little nugget of information you're going to get that's going to carry your practice on from this day out, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Like, that's, that's in and of itself a value a to gem. spend the money. You know, it's yeah, a gem. Yeah, no, you've got to spend the money. It's so, so worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say we had, I would say that we had quite a good time on our, and we had so many adventures. We met a wonderful girl named <gasps> Juji, Juji. <laughs> uh, who I will have on the podcast here, I think, in a couple weeks, and I can't wait to share her story. She has, um, she's a water healer. Yes, just so many wonderful stories for yeah. the people that we encountered. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. I'm like, can't even remember them all. It's a blur, people. <laughs> it's a blur, people. Neptune, Neptune, and the moon. <laughs> um, but I really did like Sean Nygaard too. Uh, he had the sixth house um, talk that came before Jason Holly's eighth house. So it was kind of interesting to go from those two. They actually kind of played off a lo- uh, each other a lot uh, because sixth house, you know, has an interesting rap. Um, you know, it can be like, oh, the work, health, service, uh, you know, like 
slave, <laughs> be a slave to something. But it's so much more than than that. And he really just went into great depths of way. So if you have six house planets out there or six houses strong in your chart, I urge you to uh, get Sean Nygaard's talk on the six house with Twilight as my guide because um, it chances are it will open your eyes in, in ways that are pretty profound, especially for your own chart, and the ambivalence of the sixth house uh, and the idea of twilight, because it's still kind of light, it's still dark, you know, and that's, it's an in-between period there. So um, that was super cool, I think. Uh, but yeah, you know, that, it, it was just a good There was good one time. that I went to uh, that was also quite powerful, and especially to Juzi and uh, Megna, remember Magna, we, we had we, dinner with Megna, and uh, they were well. They went on and on about Rick Levine's mm-hmm. uh, keynote speech, which was also quite powerful. It was at the lunch hour, and the title of it was "Astrological Metaphysics: Dancing on the Head of a Pin." Mm. And I loved how he was way out there <laughs> uh, speaking on uh, just beyond. I don't know. I just loved the metaphor of the angels. And then at the end of the speech, he also brought it back. It was nicely weaved together. It was humorous. It was super um, Uranian is the word that comes. Yeah. It was It was very entertaining and uh, thought-provoking. Yeah. So, well, and, he, and I know that Juzi and, and Meg, Megna, Megna just absolutely adored it as well. And so yeah. I, it was just, I don't know, the whole Well, thing. he did, does have that uh, um, Aquarius midheaven. So he's oh, putting that, yeah, some interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think Megna I was Aquarius very, rising. And so Juzi said something. Yeah, had no, some, no. We were all scorpionic. Yes. In that dinner. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's funny the people you run into. But the one thing that we, and, and Rick Levine, I think, touched on this, and the one thing that uh, Viviana and I have been talking about was actually the correlation between astrology and music and how there seems to be a lot of people who are both. Uh, who are both. Yeah. And so we're like, why is that? And this is a topic that I want to go further into. So I'm, I'm not going to go very into it much now. It. Yeah. But I think that's actually was part of Rick Levine's talk, which I, 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 I missed. But what I was understanding from what they were saying was it did have some of that uh, kind of vibrational theory or this overall, you know, because that's with music, there's obviously music is vibration, harmonics, patterns, you know, these types of things. And really we're looking at that within astrology as well. And so there's a really strong connection there uh, that I can't wait to actually really dive further into because it's something I want to address, especially since, you know, uh, myself and then Viviana as well, you know, mm, we are these both mus- musicians, musician astrologers. Rudyard was a musician first and then became an astrologer. Uh, there's so in fact, in, my, in the class, uh, there was a musician there saying he was a violinist and now he's an astrologer. I mean, there's so many of us who have these two disciplines yeah. that we have gravitated towards. So that's curious and interesting and worth taking more a, a deeper look at. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like it is a discipline. They're both disciplines. They both are practices, but they're both creative and they're both expressive. And so it kind of taps into all these different... Um, Parts it's of the brain. Parts of the brain, parts of being. Um, and so if you already have those, because if you think about it, it's kind of a left versus right brain. And I know things aren't as clear cut as that these days as far as brain hemispheres. But, you know, you have that that practice, that logical, that routine uh, pattern-like approach. And then you have this creative element and uh, that can flourish within it. And then you get all these uh, really creative um, outcomes through 
through it. And so I'm guessing maybe that's part of it. But um, as I learn more and put some more out there uh, about it, uh, I, I can't wait to dive into this more myself. Yeah. And so if you're a musician and an astrologer, contact Mel <laughs> yes. and share your story. Tell me, what, <laughs> yes. Tell me more about what you do or what's going on there, because I would like to know, or even if you want to share your chart, um, because just collecting data, that's the one thing I loved about Lisa Shimes' talk is yeah, that, like she, that. She, she collected a uh, about 100 charts of data to help, um, you know, work her hypotheses into actual, you know, working charts to support it better. And so um, that's really how we get further along in astrology is by the support of the community and people that want to share and clients, of course, uh, because, yeah, these are these are case studies, essentially. This is supporting, you know, what it is we're seeing. And so um, the more of that we have, the more... um, Scientifically proven, I guess we could say. Use that loosely. We say that with the astrology here. Um, But okay, so well, I guess to wrap it up because we don't have a whole lot of time here because I know she's on uh, in between her talks here, and I don't want her to miss her uh, workshop day. Um, But what would you what would you say is your number one highlight? Oh, that is such a tough question. I don't really think I can because I was touched deeply by so many of the speakers. I, I congratulate uh, Laura for the war and her team. You know, it's not, it's her family um, that has been offering, 35 years, right? offering this conference for so long and they do such a well, uh, amazing job. I, 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 for me, this has been the best war, Norway. I mean, the first one for me was just mind blowing just mm-hmm. because it was the first one and it just keeps getting better. Yeah. I mean, and this year it was sold out for yes. the first time in 35 years. And it's having a Jupiter return as well in the chart of Norwax. So, you know, Jupiter brought all the astrologers to the yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here we are. And so there are just so many uh, bright, fresh faces, colorful people, of, as we are, you know. it's uh, <laughs> Astrologers are usually a, a, a rare ilk. <laughs> um but that's a fair answer. That's a fair answer that, you know, it's hard to say. It really is. It's hard to say. Um, and I don't know if I can answer that question myself. I do have to say I really enjoyed the last bit where we all got to stand together and hold hands. Like, I felt super connected at, at that moment. I just had this vision of uh, basically a, a a whole crowd of people in, like, a V formation, like maybe geese would be, and that we were all clustered together, but we were all moving together. And I was like, up at, oh, of course, it's my own vision, so I'm going to be up at the front. Um, <laughs> this, this Leo, Leo mid-heaven. <laughs> but, but what was ahead was just white, and it had a little bit of yellow tinge, but it was bright, and it was moving, and, and it was almost turning as if we were, like, running with the world. So I couldn't see what was on the horizon in the vision, but it was just bright and... Um, and powerful, and we were all moving towards it. And especially after Lynn Bell's talk, uh, as we just said, you know, who feels doom, who feels hope, who feels both. Yeah. Um, that really spoke with what it was I was seeing in my mind as we and as we were collectively all holding hands and doing the ceremony. And then my heart, my heart, and my throat, the the chakras both began to buzz and resonate mm. as we were doing this. And mm-hmm. so, um, and and Juji that was right next to us had mm. not not a similar vision, but she was getting that white light, and she was having mm. the same heart, throat, uh, third eye, um, mm. you know, activations going on. And I was my Kundalini was oh. on steroids it was. all through my body, just going. Brrr. 
I could feel I could, I could feel Viviana's hand. It was like radiating this heat and this like electricity. And so electricity it, compared to Juji's on the other side, and you know, it was a totally different feel. And I could just feel like the the energy just buzzing from from your body because it. I yeah. So. That doesn't surprise me, though. That was going on. I can feel it from the outside. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that might have been the one highlight. And, you know, that's that's a thing you can't get on a recording. Not at all. No. You, you have to be in the present. Yeah. <laughs> in the moment, in the flesh. In the, in the flesh. In the flesh. Ooh, Blondie. Um, yes. So we had a wonderful time, and I, I thank Viviana for sharing it with me and, and really bringing the opportunity, because she's the one who kind of called me into it. By by reaching out and being like, oh, would you? Are you coming? Would you like to be my roommate? Yeah. Um, and that was really the entrance door into uh, this fabulous experience. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I thank you for that. Oh, I'm I'm so thankful that you accepted. <laughs> it's been just an amazing dynamic weekend. Yeah, and you've added so much. So it's Aww. been a pleasure. Yay. Yay! All right. Well, before we go here, Viviana, tell people where they can find you or see your music or you know oh. what where. Where can they see the, the force that you are? <laughs> uh, I am Viviana.org, or if you forget my first name, I am theflutequeen.com. <laughs> and I'm on all the socials, the normal socials. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And my next tour is coming up in Alaska. After that, I'll be in Switzerland. And then I am in Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan and South America. I've already been to 10 countries this year. It just goes on. I teach at UC Santa Cruz, University of California. So if you want to come study flute or get an astro reading. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then tell people real briefly about, about the whale. Oh, the whale. Well. I, being a sea creature, the sea creature that I am, I swim in the ocean every day, almost every day in my ocean, which is my front yard, has been for 20 years in Half Moon Bay, California. And one day my I was in my ocean and there was a whale in my swim lane. <laughs> So I hopped on my stand-up paddleboard and I and I paddled and next thing I know I was kissed by that whale. And I like to I like to go into the ocean. The, the the whales never came in 20 in the 25 years I've been living there. The whales never came so close into the bay. And in the last uh, four years, it was four years ago that it first happened. For three years consecutively, they kept coming in super close. So I'd go in my stand up paddleboard, and I always have a flute with me in my in my in my <laughs> wetsuit. But it's plastic. But it's plastic because I've lost so many of them. Into Poseidon. Poseidon loves to take my flutes. <laughs> How Neptune is and, that. And my GoPros, too. <laughs> and so I have a flute. And so I, I love getting, I get close sometimes. They come close to me. And when they inhale or when they're breathing. They spout. Or yeah, they're, they're spouting or whatever it is that they do. They're inhaling or releasing the water from their lungs. And I can hear them. They go, <gasps> and so I play that pitch. And then I hear later, <gasps> And then I play, oh, <laughs> you know, I just met. And so I like to think, I like to, you know, think that I'm communicating with them. So that's what, that's sort of, and I do this with all, all animals, actually. I was swimming with the dolphins in Hawaii and then the sea lions in Monterey. I just, I seek them out. They're my, my fellow sea creatures. Anyway, so this one whale kissed me. I happened to have my GoPro on and so did my friend. 
I took that video and it went absolutely viral and it's uh, got more than a million views on my YouTube. So you can watch that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I was doing interviews for a- a- ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox, you name it, all over the planet. I was doing TV interviews and in all the media and you can look for all those as well. If you just Google Viviana Whale and you'll see them all. Yeah. <laughs> so how perfect is that for Scorpio rising with Neptune in the first house? I mean, come on. You there can't you make up this stuff. <laughs> so, and, and sun in the 10th. And sun in the 10th, right? Leo, so everybody's going to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, if you want to share, uh, see that, because, of course, I'm going to share Viviana's work on my website as well so that you can have a direct link to get to her. Um, well, you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at energeticprinciples and Facebook, of course. More active on Instagram. Um, and then I don't have my normal script in front of me. I'm having to make it up on the go here. And then what else do you do? Well, if you want to support me on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And I also do consultations. So if you're interested in your own chart uh, and want to hear some of my tools from this Norwax session, uh, you can contact me to get a, to, have, to book a session. Um, and if you think other people should know about Norwax or some of the fun things we shared here, spread the podcast around. Tell a friend. Uh, you know, sh- just share it or leave a nice review on iTunes or wherever you listen to it, and that will help things to be seen. Um, so, all right, Viviana, thank you so much for everything this weekend. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mel. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll stop fangirling over each other. <laughs> all right. Well, you're the best, too. Thank you so much for listening. For listening. Yes. yes. And as always, may the stars be with you. Woohoo!